Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one crazy minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. That would make me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dave. Happy Friday. <laughs> you too. I feel sad <laughs> saying hey, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big day. This is a big day. So this is minute number 70. And uh, this minute starts with Savick wondering if she's the one about to die. And this minute ends with McCoy looking intently at Kirk falling to pieces. Uh, I like that. Nice touch. Whew. So um, so the first thing I want to – so we know what happens this minute. So we're not going to dance around it. So we know what happens. Uh, the first thing I wanted to bring up is I believe Keith on the, uh, the Federation page in uh, Facebook, he had asked a great question. And um, it was who – you know, from the Klingon perspective, um, you know, he said, put yourself in the mind of the Klingon deciding who dies. Do you choose who would be the biggest threat or the easiest kill? Mm. The Vulcan boy, a woman, or the weakling human? <laughs> and the answer to that question, obviously, is Savick, because that's the one that the Klingon guard ends up standing behind. Right. And I just think that that is such a... I mean, it's such a such a great question because I think it's there's no wrong answer there because you have to think in the mind of a Klingon, they are all useless. Oh, you mean all three of them? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you, have a, you, have a, you have a boy, a Vulcan boy, who's probably, you know, he's he's got nothing. They clearly have a extreme disdain for uh, humans, the humies. You know, he's a weakling human. Yep. And then the way he references women, you know, and a woman, you know, you create, he has no love for the women either. Right. So they are all pretty much trash. So, so what do you think that made the sergeant decide it, it should be Savick? I don't know. I, I, the only thing I can think of ultimately, and the answer to that question is, is because she's a Starfleet officer. Ah, Okay. Um, because she's the only one wearing anything that looks resembling like the military, and maybe he thought she was the only one who would um, fight back. Okay. But I just thought that was a great question by Keith. Right, it is, because I don't know. I think when we were talking about it uh, uh, last minute, you know, kind of joking around, um, you know, of, of Kirk wondering who's going to die. And, right, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, yeah, what's in the mind of this Klingon. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, we said, yeah, Savick should die because she has the least, the smallest connection to Kirk. Right. Uh, but I think when you reverse it here, I think looking at the three of them, if I was, you know, uh, who's going to take me down or have a shot at taking me down, I would say it's Savick. You know, she's got that look in her eye. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, um, and I did rewatch uh, the minute from uh, minute 69, and you had mentioned, like I had said, she looked like she was afraid a little bit. But no, I agree with you wholeheartedly now that she had a little intensity there, like she was going to 
Yep. She was gonna. She was ready to pounce. So can I? Uh, uh, I think you asked a great question. You know why Savic? But there's uh, yeah. the in the novelization. This plays out a little differently. Ooh, um, let's hear it. So Vonda McIntyre, our pal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the sergeant, you know, the Klingon sergeant's kind of looking at all three of them, and uh, it says here that they're, you know, when he looks at Savic, their gazes lock. Yeah, I think that's another. It's you know, he, he probably sees you know at that moment what Savic is capable of. Right. Right. Um, but the sergeant actually makes a decision uh, to give her an opportunity to have an honorable death. Uh, and he actually, yeah, he draws, he draws a dagger, which I want to talk about after. Mm -hmm. Um, and he actually, uh, offers it to her. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, and she knows, she, you know, says here, she knew what was expected of her, um, understood why he was doing it and even understood that it was meant as a courtesy. Um, and so her, her plan, you know, as we see in, in, in her mind is kind of what probably the, the sergeant sees in the film is that, you know, she's planning on grabbing that dagger and, you know, yelling at David and Spock to run while she tries and takes out the Klingons. Um, but the way, the way it plays out in the book is she does reach for the dagger to take it. And that's when David uh, uh, reacts and interrupts. And that's what starts the fight. Mm. So an interesting interesting way of of having it play out i kind of would have liked to see that on film although it probably would have been uh maybe a little confusing to the audience because we have wouldn't have seen that kind of move before like why is why is he offering her that dagger right right but i mean we yeah we know in like the next generation like how honorable they are how much honor means to them mm -hmm. but did we know that prior to this moment moment that they were an honorable group that they were I mean we I have vague so I I've rewatched the TOS hmm. a couple of times here and there but I don't have as much recollection of the Klingon episodes so I don't know I always thought they were just you know straight up villains like they were portrayed as villains and they were dirty and nasty and like that's how they were yeah and yep. And the only other real glimpse we get of them is in the beginning of the motion picture when um, when they get shot down by V'ger. Right. Yeah. This is the first. This is the first time all this stuff. Right. Uh, it, the Klingons as we know them. We've talked. I think we've talked about two Klingons as we know them. It really started here uh, yes. in this film. Right. Um, so I. I feel like that might have played out a little weird mm -hmm. to the audience because they probably would have been like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, why would, you know, we don't know anything. The only thing we really know about Klingons is that they're a dirty, dirty bunch. You know, <laughs> Krug has proved to be, uh, you know, a real villain. Like we mentioned last minute where, you know, he's like, kill one of them. You know, yeah, he choose. he's ruthless. Yeah, ruthless. So... Um, hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, let's talk about the dagger. The one that the Klingon pulls. Yeah. Yes. Uh, are you familiar with its, with its name? I am not. It is the, the Doc Tog. Ooh. I, I may be butchering that a little bit. Okay. Um, but I, uh, it didn't, it, that's the name of it, but it wasn't given this name until 
uh, I think it was in the next generation because the this 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 is the first time we see this style dagger, um, but it shows up again and again um, in DS9 and mm. the next generation, and it's given a name. Uh, I think in one of the next generation episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know I've seen it in next generation. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was also generically known as the honor blade, um, which fits with, you know, just, we were, we were talking about before. Right. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so the doc, the doc talk and it was designed by Philip Norwood. Um, he also, he was the, one of the visual effects guys, uh, on, on, Search for Spock, and he's also uh, he's got quite the uh, quite the resume uh, doing visual effects and uh, 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 being in uh, in the art department and in a bunch of other movies uh, up until um, even 2017. He's still active. Uh, Baywatch, the movie, is his <laughs> his latest credit. Um, but he's done it, you know, the Avengers, X Men, Apocalypse. So he's been all over the place. Uh, one of my favorites, Tron Legacy. Yep, uh, which is great. Um, but he was also, so in addition to designing the, the blade and the, the little, I don't know what you would call them, the little smaller blades, retracting blades, um, mm. the secondary blades, uh, he also was a co-designer of the, the phaser, uh, the phasers that we see in Search for Spock. So those are kind of his claim to fame in this film. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, what do you think about, so we get a really good shot of the blade. <laughs> we sure do. What do you think? Plastic as plastic can be. Oh no! You know what? I would have said I would have said metal. Um, but really, I, I, yeah. I just yeah. I would have said it's pretty shiny, which I'm sure yeah, plastic can be shiny too. Uh, but I, I get I get distracted with like I feel like I can see a thumbprint on it, <laughs> and, and and for something that's called an honor blade, I would almost expect it to be spotless. <clears throat> you know, like it's something you use once. So the things I noticed were um, – so before I pick on it, <laughs> I love the design. I think it looks really cool. I love that the head bows out a little bit. I mean it looks dangerous. Yeah, it's terrifying. And just by itself, and then the fact that you flick the little, flick the little button and the two blades spin out, just – I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. <laughs> So you were a fan of Krull, were you? Oh my god, I love Krull. <laughs> as bad a movie as that is, that is like a guilty pleasure. Um, but when I look at the blade, particularly close up, it just makes me think of when I was a kid, and I would go to the store, and my mom would buy me these like swords that had like this really shiny aluminum on them, that was like so plastic. Um. And then when he pushes the button, I just further makes me look like it just. You say it looks like a toy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm getting at is it makes me think of a toy. Yeah. Outside of the design, which I think, again, is fabulous. It's and I and I know we've gone on record many, many times about like the production quality of certain things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're going to show this type of item close up, it had better look fantastic. Like there should be, in your credit, no fingerprints on the blade. This thing should look real. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, it should be like, you know, kind of that rusty look, like covered in the blood of all of his enemies, you know what I mean? Or, like, or even that. I mean, yeah. it just, 
as great as the design is, I think it just falters by looking like a cheap toy. Well, I don't. I, I, Again, my opinion. My yeah, opinion. yeah. I think you're wrong. I just uh, <laughs> no. I just I, I I do. I think it's I think it's legit. I think it looks looks real to me. Um, and but and also terrifying. And uh, you remember? Do you remember? Um, this is this is a movie that was that came out when we were probably too young to see it. You remember Phantasm? Yes. Uh, Phantasm had that like that silver ball that yes. would fly around, but then the, the blades would come out. Yeah. The blades would pop out. And that's what it, that's what it makes me think of. And yeah. and that. I never saw the film when I was a kid, but I think I saw stuff in like, you know, Fangoria and Starlog and they had mm-hmm. like, you know, clips of it and probably it stuck into somebody's forehead, you know, just a still. And I just remember being traumatized <laughs> by it. So, it's, so I get a little of that from this. It, it's funny, you you know, total tangent here. It's funny you bring that movie up because that movie is the reason I don't like horror movies. Really? My brother and his friends were watching it on TV and they made me watch it. Like oh my brother's my brother's nine years older older than me. So think of me as a little child. My brother is nine years older. He could make me do things. So <laughs> yeah, yes, he made me watch it. Ooh, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that would be terrifying. Like I said, I, I was terrified looking at pictures of it. Um, well, I didn't know that about it about you, Dave. In all the yeah. years, I mean, I've slowly started to warm up to some horror things, but I still. I'm not a big fan of like I wanted to go see, you know, I saw the original it and then, you know, the new one came out and I'm like, I don't know if I I'd be able to make it through. <laughs> it uh it's still I did not get to see it in theaters, but it's on on my list and I I reread it getting getting ready for the movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, you and I can watch it together and you can hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be terrifying. It'll be great. Okay. So Doc Tog. Um so, so the blades open, right? He pushes a button, blades open, mm-hmm. and then you get this shot of uh, you get a shot of Savick, and she's kind of staring out into space, and I wonder a little bit what's going through her head because, you know, to Robin Curtis's credit, there's no real reaction here. It doesn't look like she's planning anything. It looks like, she, if anything, she's just ready to accept it. Do you know what I mean? So that's the feeling I get because. As we see, David makes a move. However, do we – part of me believes she was waiting until the last possible moment to make her move. Or maybe somewhere inside of me, I want to believe that she was waiting till the last possible moment to do something because you're right. She does not move. I mean even when David jumps across, she sort of just swings her head around. Um, she was still standing, looking yeah. straight forward. Right. But I, again, I want to believe that she was going to open up a can of whoop ass. So, so David goes for it. Right. He he turned turns his got that sly sly side side eye, and then he uh, yeah. and then he goes to jump jump to cling on just just at the right moment, just as he's about to swing. Um, and we get a great bug-eyed look from the Klingon before they start wrestling. Um, and I, I was thinking about this. You know, we were talking about not getting enough of David's arc. We talked about it you know, last right. minute. And and I was wondering about this. Like, is this... 
him him saving Savick or you know is is he is he redeeming himself in some way here you know um does he need to be redeemed i mean all he did was eh, you know use proto matter and cause all this this trouble but you know i, I never felt like he was you know uh, a, a villain that needed to be redeemed you know just he made mistakes and people died because of it but you know i think i think to a certain degree he definitely he definitely tries to redeem himself. Yeah. I think there's that. Um, but I think it's also, you know, uh, I wonder if it's really him thinking, you know, what would my, you know, what would my dad do? <laughs> you know, what would, what yep. would Jim Kirk do? Yeah. And I think he, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's, he feels like he's responsible for the situation they're in. Um, you know, with all the proto matter and everything going on and which I'm going to harp on this again. I still think they could have, they missed an opportunity with that whole, you know, coming clean with his dad thing. Yeah. But so he gives it, you know, he gives it pretty good. You know, he, he slams right into the Klingon and, you know, he takes him for a tumble. Yeah. Yep. So do you think. At this moment, when David makes the jump, do you think, "Oh my God, he's gonna—they're gonna—they're gonna win this. They're gonna—they're gonna make a comeback." Yeah, I think there's a little bit of like, well, he's—he's not a—he's not David Marcus right now. He's David Kirk, right? right? Yeah, he's—he's—he's he's, he's channeling his dad. Not only—not only what would my dad do, but he's like, he's doing it, right? And yeah, for a moment there, you're like, "Well, he might win this thing." Um, I think the thing we forget is that there's two Klingons there. Yeah, so even if he had taken out this guy, you got to deal with the other. And aren't they armed too? I mean, they're they're not just they don't just have right. daggers; they've got disruptors. So, before we get to the moment, what is Savic, Spock, and the other Klingon doing? All I can think of it, it, it happens so fast. I mean, even right. you know, not not only just in screen time. But I, I think it, you know, I feel like we're almost watching it real time. You know what I mean? There's not much. Yeah, it's not, a matter of, I think it's like 10 seconds. Yeah. So I, if, I don't think they're really doing anything. They probably just, um, uh, they just so turn she, around she, startled. Yeah, she whips around. Do you think the other Klingon like puts his hand on her shoulder and prevents her from jumping in? Or do you think she stays put because Spock is there? Yeah, that's probably more likely. She's probably still, you like, know, this is David's battle. I can't yep, get involved, kind I of need... thing. Not not get involved, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, I've got other things to protect here. Right. I would say that's a good. That's a pretty good theory. But yeah, it happened so fast. It, I can almost just see it. You know, she just turned around, and by the time she turned around, they were already, you know, yeah, up off the ground and 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 wrestling for the knife. <clears throat> Those stunt guys when they do that tumble? Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I can't tell. It's if if it is, it's really good stunt guys. Like, cause it certainly looks like David, uh, kind of flipping over there. I mean, he gets up and no, I think that's a stunt guy. But it, it, the Klingon does lose his disruptor in that tumble. You can see it fall to the ground. Oh yeah, it does. Um. So yeah, this uh. So this this moment, I mean, we're here, right? He, mm-hmm. he kind of they they hug for a little bit, he knocks him over, and I'll, I'll tell you, 
in all the times I've watched this movie and yep. I can still remember watching, I still remember this moment because it's pretty real. <laughs> yeah. You, know, that, you don't quite see the knife go in, but the, the thud and the reaction of, of David. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's right there. Do you, oh, okay. So did you, uh, what was it? Uh, Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. Do you remember that? Was, is that the movie with the, with the, He's like, no, 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 yeah, no. The knife, no. wait. He's like, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. And he just yeah. like slides the knife into his chest. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. So that's, that's, it's not as painfully slow as that scene, but it's, both of those to me are both just so uh, visceral and, and, and real in some ways. And uh, it, I still find it kind of hard to watch. It's disturbing. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know if we've ever had a quote death, you know, death scene like this on Star Trek. Have we? Up to this point, I mean, people mostly get vaporized, or <laughs> you know, or they die in a transporter accident, like right, or turn into I don't a sugar know cube, I, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, God, um, yeah. Uh, so I think this is for a for an on screen murder. Mm. I mean. Flat out kills him. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty real, right? And kudos to you know Nimoy and the way the way this scene is framed. You know they're kind of behind some tall grass, so you don't yeah. you don't quite see. You don't see it. I don't think you even really see the blade, but uh, but you definitely see David's reaction. And yeah, oh, yeah, it's swift and he's he's dead. Right, like one jerk up and. He's, he's done for. Right. I don't. I don't remember if there was a gasp in the audience in the theater when we saw this, but I know it's still like, oh, whoa, was not expecting that, you know. Right. Um, so, uh, do you want to hear how it how it plays out in the novelization? Absolutely. There's a little bit more. So I think you I know. I, I do. <laughs> so I think I've shared uh, in the novelization both in Wrath of Khan <clears throat> and in Search for Spock. Uh, David and Savick have a relationship and it's, you know, it's consummated in this one. They are, they are in love, right? That's, that's how this plays out. Um, and so, uh, again, I mentioned she goes to reach for the dagger in the book and David right. says, no way, you know, he essentially, he does exactly what he just did. He, you know, mm. he interrupts, he, um, uh, attacks the sergeant, the sergeant, you know, just boom, it drops the knife into his chest. Um, but Savick actually runs up to him, like, you know, she's like, uh, he, as he's dying. And she's like, you know, telling him to lie still. Um, he's trying to pull the knife out. And she's, you know, she says she knows that the knife is designed to do more damage, you know, coming out than going in, which, right. you know, ugh. Um, and, uh, and she yells to the, to the, to the Klingon. She's like, help me. She goes, don't you understand? You'll never replicate Genesis without him. You know, she's just like this desperate, uh, desperate move. And, uh, and the last thing he says to her, he reaches up, touches her cheek and he says, I love you. Um, and so, uh, and then he dies and then Savick freaks out, <laughs> goes into like a white hot rage and attacks. Oh, wow. Yeah, she turns around, attacks one of the Klingons. I don't know if it's the same one, uh, and is choking him to death until they uh, shoot her multiple times and, and knock her unconscious. So it's quite the 
it's quite the, the scene. So this, um, so yeah, that's how it plays out in the book. Also intense. Yeah. Very. And we're only 20 seconds into the minute. I know. <laughs> uh, so we cut back to the bridge and, uh, again, Shatner doing a great job of, you know, he's totally lost control. Um, and he's, I mean, could he look more helpless, you know? And he just kind of calls out, you know, Savick and then David. And which, I don't know, how do you feel about that, David? Is it a little on the hokey side? <laughs> um, I guess. To which Savick. Yeah, Savick delivers that line. Admiral, David is dead. Just the facts. Just the facts. And I still, I still get annoyed at her for doing that. Yeah. Every, every time I watch it, I'm like, but there's not, there's nothing else. There's really nothing else for her to say. Meaning Savick, the Vulcan to say, right. It's, she's just going to say the facts. She's not going to. It's not logical. Right. She's not going to sugarcoat it or whatever, but I, I kind of, I always get a little mad at her for, for doing that. Yeah. No matter what she may feel inside. I mean, she's still a Vulcan and you know, She's going to just report, you know, David, David is dead. Yeah. And then we get the famous, famous, would you say it's famous? Uh, infamous? Infamous reaction shot. I mean, Kirk completely falls to pieces here. Yeah. And literally, figuratively, it falls backwards into his yep. chair. Uh, and you and I were talking about it a little offline. I didn't realize that he actually says the... Klingon bastard, you've killed my son. He says it twice. Yeah. He kind of so, whispers yeah. it. He, he whispers it. <clears throat> so we get the we get the infamous shot of him falling down. But I don't no one seems to do anything. Yeah. I I'm glad so I haven't noticed that before. <laughs> you Scott you see Scotty's shoulder and he doesn't like turn around or you know, there's no other reaction there is at the end of the minute there's a reaction shot. But there's no other like, you know, you know, when when Scotty brought Peter Preston on board and mm. albeit Peter Preston was a minor character and, you know, they showed multiple <laughs> yeah. reaction shots. Kirk's son was just brutally killed on the planet below and they don't have, you know, no one turns around. No one does anything. And I know it's to give Kirk his moment, you know, to give Shatner his moment to say his lines. But... Yeah, the, 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 if they had framed it a little differently, it would be, you know... I've never noticed it before, so I guess, yeah. you know, to, to, I think it's only because we're looking at it with through this microscope of, of the podcast, but... Um, they, yeah, they could have framed it differently, and <clears throat> we wouldn't have that distraction. Right. I don't know, I just... It's one of again one of those things that you notice and you're like now I can't unnotice like Scotty's shoulder there not moving, not moving, not moving, not moving. Um, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, it's even worse. You're right because it's yeah. like ten or ten seconds of not moving. It's like it's like ten seconds not moving. Yeah. Um. You know, and then Kirk, you know, utters the line, "Klingon bastard, 
You've killed my son. Klingon bastard. You've killed my son. Like right there, I feel for him. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, you just, yeah, it's heart wrenching. And, you know, you know, he just lost his best friend, you know, how many months ago? And now he loses son. Like it's a bad day for Kirk. Yeah, it's awful. And, and I'm not trying to make light of it or anything, but in, I think we were t- talking a little bit about, you know, uh, last episode of, you know, how close are, is Kirk and, and David, how close are they really? Um, and I think this is the answer. You know, we were kind of joking like, oh, he barely knows him. You know, he's known of him, but right. he barely knows him. But <clears throat> this here, this reaction of Kirk's, you know, says it all. It's the, it's the right reaction, you know, of a father losing his son. Uh, you know, it, it's not cold. It's not, you know, like, uh, I barely knew him. Bummer. It's, it's, you know, it just tore his heart out and we just saw it. And, and um, yeah, maybe David, we'll never know how David truly felt, but we know how Kirk truly feels about right. David. Yeah. And whether they were close, you know, they got close or things were said behind the scenes that we don't know about. But I can only imagine that, you know, you finally, you get to be the dad that you wanted to be, but you stayed away. You know, your son says, I'm you know proud to be your son. And now that's all taken away. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we'll talk about it. I, I, I want to talk about it when we get to the end of the film. Right. Talk about more about, Kirk and all the trauma that he is um, has to deal with in a short span of time, whether, you know, again, right. from Spock to David to, uh, you know, what's coming in the next few minutes. Um, and it's, uh, I'll save it. I want to save it for later minutes, but yeah, no, no, no. I. Um, so do you know, do you know this, this kind of, you heard the, the kind of the backstory of, of the scene of how, how Shatner, um, how it played out. Um, I don't, but I know you're going to tell me. <laughs> I got all the notes today. Um, <laughs> I, I, I read, I read uh, Shatner's uh, uh, Star Trek movie Memories book. Um, he basically goes through, you know, the six, six films, seven films. Um, and kind of gives these, you know, behind the scenes stories and, 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 you know, all right. sorts of fun tidbits, and uh, he definitely said that the scene was—he um, was really nervous about doing the scene. You know, I went to Leonard Nimoy and said, shared that he was—he wasn't quite sure how I was going to pull it off. And and um, and Leonard Nimoy was kind of no help. He's like, "Well, I can't tell you how to play the scene. I can't even give you advice on how Kirk might re- might react to the death of his son. It's just too personal and it cuts too deeply." He's like, "You are on your own here." Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it kind of, you know, um, so they, they, they did discuss that there was going to be when he, when, when Kirk hears the news that, you know, he kind of takes a step backwards, uh, you know, kind of in, in reaction. And when they were rehearsing it, he took that step backwards and actually tripped and stumbled and fell. Hmm. And, and they, they decided that they liked that so much that, they, when they filmed it for real, they actually used it and, and, and added it in so that, um, 
I had always heard that <clears throat> the fall was the fall we see on camera was mm. uh, was an accident, and they just went with it. But the way Shatner tells it, it was in rehearsal. It was an accident, and then they recreated it for this final scene. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so and um, I I think it's perfect. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I think that I think the the fall and the you know falling to the floor is just it, it's perfect. It's um... yeah. This is um, you know I know we use the term hero shot and hero. You know Kirk has Shatner's had these moments where it's like you know the door is opening and you know uh, when they're on uh, the regular space station and Shatner's right there and he's got the popped collar and you know this is I think another great. I know it's he's not obviously in the best hero, but this is like a great moment for for Kirk. I mean, for his for Shatner's acting ability, and to give the audience his emotion. Yeah, absolutely. I this just popped into my head now. Um, I wish, in some ways, in Star Trek Generations, mm. uh, when Kirk dies. Spoiler alert. Yes that we I wish we had gotten something more like this in that scene. Oh my. Right? But right. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I I, I do. I, I think a lot, yes, a lot I know of... I I yes, I agree. I think yeah. there if in, you know, when we get to generations and we go through that movie, I have a whole host of problems with that movie. <laughs> That's the least of them. That's the least of it. Okay. All right. I think that's my only one. That's interesting. I think that was the, I I, I think that moment ruined the whole film for me. Um, like you know, I walked out of it like, well, that was a terrible ending. <laughs> that's that's how Kirk dies. Um, yeah. Um, I actually don't remember the rest of the film. <laughs> God, that's just. I guess we should save it. <laughs> now all I want to do is talk about generations. <laughs> Uh, i got a few more to do before then, my friend. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so this minute, this is uh, the death of David. It is. And uh, we get a, you know, and I mentioned before about reaction shots. And mm. after the 20-something seconds of no reaction shot, we finally get a reaction shot from McCoy. And I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to make of his face. Is he concerned? Is he because he raises an eyebrow? Yep. Is that Spock? You know, it's not logical to show emotion. <laughs> no, I I read into that with uh, a total concern and in some ways horror for his friend that he just lost his son. Mm. I, that I, I I'm I'm getting that vibe from McCoy from DeForest Kelly. Um, and, and yeah, and even we only see him for just a few seconds, right? So maybe a couple of seconds we get the that eyebrow raise, but just the his that look of concern. I think it's he knows, you know, he's obviously doesn't know. He doesn't lost his own son, but he's 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 feeling for his friend. Yeah, I was sort of setting you up there. Um, <laughs> I, I believe he's. Did I get it right? Yeah, no, I I, 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 agree, I wholeheartedly agree with you here that he um, he is 
completely concerned for Kirk. He's Kirk is falling to pieces right before his eyes. He's probably never seen this before. Yeah, you right. know, and he's probably like, "Oh my god, like what? Um, what, what are we, we going to do? What are we going to do? Right? What are we going to do? Do you think? Do you think? I don't know. I I don't know. I I forget if in the next minute if this reaction shot continues. Um, do you think he's also thinking? Uh, I'm glad it wasn't Spock. <laughs> <laughs> I get this dude's katra out of my head. Well, they can still get the katra out of his head. I mean, they they go to the Hall of Heads and oh yeah, just yank, just, yank it out of him. Get it out. They just need the body, I think, for Sarek, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. They don't quite know yet that they they could put these two things together. All right, man, that was that was the minute. Uh, any final thoughts? David, we barely knew you. <laughs> Do you care that David got killed? Um, I do with the sense that it hurts Kirk. Mm-hmm. However, I think we've, you know, to quote, you know, uh, Khan, I'm going to go on con- to continue to hurt you or, you know, I'm going to keep on hurting you. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to keep on hurting him? Like, is that the success that Star Trek is, is just the pain that Kirk can endure? You know, we just lost Spock last movie, and I know this whole movie is about search for Spock, and, you know, they have the Katra, they have the, the, the boy on the planet, you know, and things are leading us down a particular way. But did David have to die? Like, mm. I just, is that too much of a repeat well actually it's interesting that you say that because i was we we've barely talked about it and i've had a hard time trying to talk about the uh, harv bennett's original treatment for yeah. for this was right. return return of genesis and yeah. it's so it's so completely different uh you from from the final from the film there's right it's it's hard to even say oh well this was a similar pl- plot point in his treatment that it, it barely lines up and um and so i went back and looked at it, it getting ready for this minute and carol and david aren't even in the treatment they they are mentioned at the oh. very beginning that uh kirk uh, the enterprise dropped them back off uh somewhere so they could continue their genesis research so they're just mm. kind of they're just kind of written off at the beginning of the film, okay. um, and uh, and so in that treatment, D- David doesn't die, but we still have the Enterprise storyline, right? Um, so um, yeah, I don't know. I my my issue with it. I mean, I, I mean, I've never been a big fan of David anyway. You know, we we, we joke around. Uh, he's whiny and stuff, but he never really yeah. clicked. He never really clicked for me. So he's never been a character that I care about. I care about Savick. You know, the new characters is right. is Savick's always been the big one, but David not so much. Um, and the other thing that bothers me is it doesn't stay with Kirk. You know, mm. in in the other films, it would have been nice if it stayed with him. That you know he was haunted or he had these moments. Well, yes. I agree, but there is obviously that's a big plot point in, undisco- in undiscovered country. They sort of use that against him. Oh, because yeah, that's why he hates Klingons. Right, because he yeah. killed my son. Right, I don't know. Um, it's yeah, but it's, I mean that's three movies away, and I 
I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Like it never seems to resurface. Yeah. Like the death and, um, yeah, I don't think David was ever endearing enough to be, I mean, he was kind of a, like we said, we joked, I mean, in, in Rathacon, he was whiny and mm-hmm. I don't know if there was anything in it that ever made him a character. I was like, boy, I'm really rooting for that David. Yeah, exactly. And even less so at the beginning of this movie, he was very cocky and, you know, when they're on the Grissom and, you know, he was, he was very cocky, very sure of himself. And, you know, then things sort of went wrong and, um, you know, he does have his hero moment, uh, you know, trying to save everyone, but I, I agree. I don't, I, I go back and I say, did he, did he really need to die? Like other than to hurt Kirk, which I don't agree with either because I feel like, you know, you keep taking shots at him. Um, you know, in, in, in a lot of the movies, it, it, it's Kirk's pain, you know, even in, even though, uh, five is not necessarily about Kirk. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, I know what my pain is. You know, I, I use my pain, you I know, that sort of pain. thing. Yeah. yeah. I need my pain. Um, uh, so I, I don't, could they, could they have done it another way? Could they have given us the pain without David dying? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think the movie still could have continued. Yeah. It could have just still played out the way the, the rest of it plays out. Although it kind of, it sets the stage for the next scene. But we right. could have gotten to the next scene, I think, in a different way without necessarily killing him off. Whew, I'm glad it's Friday. I need a weekend. Yeah. I need a weekend to recoup. Yeah, I mean, I did enjoy this minute. I mean, yeah. I think Shatner's acting skills are top notch in this minute. Um, I love the trying to redeem himself, David. Mm. Um, you know, and as much as I bagged on the dagger, I really like the design of it. Um, so I think all in all, I give this up, this a real thumbs up. All right. Okay. Well, great. I, I would, I will agree with you. This is probably, it's one of the, one of the coolest moments in the film, mm. um, for sure. As sad as it is. All right, man. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, yep. and, uh, folks, why don't you go, uh, why don't you go find us online? Social media is StarTrekMinute.com. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. At StarTrekMinute is our handle there. And um, we're going to be back again on Monday talking about Minute 70 of the Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye. Goodbye.